process is Black and White, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a wantrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin. Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. So let's say that you could go back in time and you could tell a 16-year-old Dr. Dre that when he was 53 or whatever, when he was in his 50s, that he would be headlining the Super Bowl Mm. and they would have giant flags with the word Compton on them. And he'd be waving it because he'd be headlining the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Is there mm. any chance that he would believe you? Mm, no. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. My, why my opinion falls a no is basically on the fact that um, who was in the Super Bowl? Who was, who was headlining Super Bowls at the time that uh, – you know, Dr. Dre was 16. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm very curious. But was there a headliner? Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, and I, I wonder who that headliner was. I imagine it was not anyone that, uh, you know, music sound like Dr. Dre's. No, I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't or, have been. Or it's the like, music that he was interested in. Exactly. Like, yeah. the, the difference, I mean, really, at any time, like, up until probably Dre was 25, like mm-hmm. the idea that he could be considered America's sweetheart for a day. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that's just, and he was last night. Mm-hmm. He was America's sweetheart. Yeah. But you know, it's crazy. It's like, what was that? He was, he was 16 and what? Like 82, 80, like 81, that, yeah. 80, yeah. somewhere in that range. So like the music, like the music that he was working on at that time was not even discovered yet. Like, like, like the type, the where he was going. Like hip hop had came in, but it was, it was still pretty early when Dre was sixteen. It was still pretty much underground. You yeah, I mean, I mean it was. Yeah, I mean like, you know, yeah, it was very, it was very underground. Like that. But, when, with ref, with reference to to Will the book, right? Like. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, he, when Dre Will was, was six, Will was eighty what, eighty eight, eighty seven. Yeah, he was somewhere in there. So yeah. and Dre was actually is older than Will. So you know it, you're you'd be talking even even sort of younger than that. Yeah, right? probably so, like 84, 80, somewhere in there, eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. He yeah, would have been yeah. sixteen, somewhere in that ballpark. So it's just you know to to me, I think it's weird. It's it's yes. So, Maybe not sixteen year old. I, I don't know, man. I know I'm jumping back and forth here, but I don't know, man. I I think some of those people, though, Devin is like there. They tr- there are people that walk around and the sky truly is the limit. And not that yeah. he would have thought the picture would be as vivid as that, but I bet you sixteen year old Dr. Dre had a confidence in his talent. Maybe that that was like he might have never told anyone. 
but he right, probably he kept it to he, himself. Exactly. <laughs> he probably did in his mind when he was in the basement making his his beats or whatever. He was probably like, one day this gonna be playing in a coliseum, and I'm gonna have a hundred and thirty fans cheering me on, hundred and thirty thousand cheering me on. Like I guarantee you, he had that thought. I I don't think it was as vivid as Super Bowl and you know what I mean, but like. Right. You know, I guarantee you he had the visions of, like, I'm going to sell a Coliseum out. And uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, but I I mean like, you know, 90, 93, like, Michael Jackson does the halftime show. You know? Yeah. Like, I, like, to me, like, that's kind of the pivotal moment. But, I don't know, just the idea that it's a it's a pretty dramatic shift for him to go through and i agree he probably did have like just insane confidence to cuz otherwise you don't become dr dre right exactly like, but think about even yourself like at 16 you probably thought you were more to shit than you do now in a, in a weird way right like 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 now it's like realities set settled you in <laughs> yeah but also there's a there's a sense of confidence of what the shit means you know what I mean? Now. But like 16-year-old me, bro, I thought I was going to run a record label. I thought I was going to have all these. Like I was I was like full of it at 16. I knew I was the shit at 16. Now I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm the shit. But there's also an understanding of what the shit is. Like being a great father is the shit. You know, being a great husband is the shit. Being an honest person who does things for the right reason is the shit. Showing up up is the shit. Being a friend in the right way is the shit. Being a brother, honest brother in the right way is the shit. So it's like, this is the most cursing we've ever done on this show, by the way. But uh, (laughs) but, Dre um, would be proud. Yeah, Dre would be proud, right? (laughs) It's an honor of NWA here. But um, yeah, man, you know, so it's a great question. but But I do think like, yeah, I think most people know it. It's just getting to the con- the level of, of like living it. You know what I mean? It, it's weird. I feel like in honor of the alchemist, we be knowing that we the shit, a lot of us walking this earth. It's just getting that confidence to be able to go out on the journey to figuring it out. Fear usually stops us all from, you know what I mean? How many times did you go Michael Jordan when you were a kid shooting the last second shot? somewhere at some park or some trash can or some sure you know what i mean sure. <laughs> you just do it when no one's around you know what i mean <laughs> or when you're cooler than the people that are around you then you can do it but when those cool kids pull up that's like the real ballers you're like oh who's who's michael jordan i don't know nah, I don't, you know <laughs> don't expose me in my dreams <laughs> but yeah that that's my take man. all right all right that's a, that's a good take i like it so uh, you mentioned that you wanted to do a review show. We we actually already talked about two of the books sort of in passing. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Just mentioning Will and then The Alchemist. Yeah, yeah. Right before we start The Vanishing Half uh, next week, how are you thinking about sort of the podcast generally, thinking about the, the books that we've read? To Give me some uh, reflections. Yeah, so here, I got a question for you. This mm. is a fun one, right? Real quick. No, 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 no math. Mm-hmm. How many books you think we read? Eight. <laughs> wow, thirteen books. Really? 
Yeah, that's what I said. Going on 14, 13 wow. books. Here's an order. Soar, The Mom Test, mm-hmm. Discrimination and Disparities, Traction, The Color of Money, The Hot Hand, The Four Hour Work Week, The Power of Vulnerability, The Lean Startup, Building a Story Brand, This is Marketing, Will, and The Alchemist. Wow, that's a lot more. That's, now that you say it, it, I remember all of them, but it's a lot more than I expected. A lot more. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Like, if, if you, I've read more books in two years almost than I've read in my entire life prior to that. There you go. Like, because, I mean, outside of the, you know, books that you had to read for school, let's just be real. Most of the time, I didn't read them all. Cliff sure. notes, all that skimmed nonsense. Them. Skimmed them, read a few chapters, got the gist of it, made the rest up in my book report. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is like, this is serious stuff, man. Yeah. So the the first reflection that I have is like, wow, like I enjoy taking in information by way of of reading more than I realized. You know what I mean? I do look forward to the books because I like the the second part of like breaking them down and and trying to soak them all up and the comprehension of it. So, um, yeah, it, to me, like that's one of my my biggest takeaways. Is like I I I actually enjoy and not just that. A lot of them we did books on tape, but even right now we're starting a new book, um, The Vanishing Half, which I have the book and I've been doing a little bit of both. And kind of reading alone while I listen. In fact, I've done it for the whole first chapter that I'm just about done. And I like that part of it. You know, it's just a different vibe. It's harder to do because it takes time. You know, sure. like, I don't understand how in movies people read before bed. Once I hit the bed, it's 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 night-night time. I <laughs> Lights out. Lights out. Uh, I got to figure that one out. You know, I don't know how you get pajamas on and then you sit down and read with the light on and, and for like 20 minutes. I Lights out once I hit the bed. That's not going to work for Vernon? No, I'm going to figure <laughs> something else out. I got to read like smack dab in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. How about you though? What 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 was your overall, not so much any particular books, but just, just your overall of our process? So I, I, was, I was thinking about this. This is one of the more interesting projects that I've done in my life for a bunch of reasons, right? Like, I haven't, I don't think that I've had like a scheduled weekly conversation with another person, like, like in this world, you know what I mean? Like, this is a very different way to interact. I would say it's useful. People should do it. Like, Mm -hmm. because the, the, putting this like sort of weird parameter on it. Like we don't really text. We don't, you know, like, well, occasionally like James Harden shows up mm-hmm. as a sixer. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a quick text that fires mm-hmm. off. But you know, for the most part, this whole thing is like, okay, we each have to read our given chapters. And then at the end of that, you know, we'll touch base in, in a week on it. And then we'll talk about whatever intervened. Like that's the whole relationship. It's a very interesting way to interact with another human that I'm getting a lot of value out of um, that is very unexpected. You know, it's certainly from the beginning of the the idea behind the show, this is an entirely unexpected outcome for me. 
Wow, that that I agree a hundred percent with. Isn't it great to like live your life? It's like there it's it's therapy, but you live your life separate and you go on in your separate worlds. And the beauty that makes it even I don't want to say better than theory, but the thing that makes it a little more unique than theory than therapy is that it's we're really just a healthy relationship mm-hmm. where because in therapy, it's like, it's all about you. It's, it's, you know, the conversation is about the individual who's here for therapy with this. It's teaching each other how to communicate with people that you want in your life. You know what I mean? Like we don't agree on everything. Certainly not. And although we, we have a common, some common, you know, interests and, you know, common thoughts in terms of how we see the world, but like, also, what's great about us is that we also are good at seeing the other side of arguments and of misunderstandings. So we can also play the part, even if we don't necessarily agree with, you know, you know, whoever the other person is not having issues with, but might be having a little misunderstanding with. We do a good job of like being that chameleon, that chameleon that can kind of you know, morph into the other person's side and almost get that, get each other to see that other person's like, what are they seeing? What are they feeling? How do, how do you need to, you know, share that or communicate that with them because they might receive it this way. And I think this conversation has made me like 10 times better on how I communicate. You know what I mean? I I've realized I dominate a lot of conversations in my Mm -hmm in my my life period because I do have strong opinions but I also realize that when you're communicating sometimes it's your your journey right and that's when you can be as vocal as you want to be but then sometimes when you're in relationships and you're communicating it's someone else's journey and that's when you need to kind of listen and have understanding you know what I mean? And, and this conversation back and forth has helped me see that, you know, a, a whole lot better. Before, I thought everything was my journey. Oh, you talking to me? You want my opinion? Uh, it, it, everything is about me. Sure. And now and I'm learning more because I realize, like, no, nah, there's another side. Listen up. Yeah, one of the things that I like about it is that we're also using using these books sort of as a way to, like, run a thread through all the conversations right Mm -hmm. has i think put us in weird i think it's very easy to fall into a pattern with with someone and your whole conversations fall to like most of the most of the time that we knew each other it was like sixers and a little bit of eagles right like pretty much that was what we talked about and now we don't talk about sports nearly as much because our conversation is like Business, family, art, thinking, conversation, team building. Like it's a bunch of <laughs> A bunch of different topics that are, we both have thoughts about, but because of the books pulling the thread, we're going into places that I don't think we normally would have gone. Totally agree. Totally agree. So here's a question for you in light of our review. What's your least favorite book out of the bunch? Hmm. And and why? Of I, course, I, we want to be I, respectful. I would, I would probably say the four hour work week. Um, okay. Okay. And 
it's mostly because it it wasn't it was mostly just about him trying to figure out how to make money and i i think that i think that it's a function of how old he was when he wrote it um and how different the thinking was at the time but i don't think that either one of us are enamored with the idea of having a a business for the purposes of making money Mm -hmm. um I think we're more interested in uh, having a puzzle to solve and having something interesting to work on and those sorts of goals as opposed to, you know, how can I optimize my time for, for money so that I can work less or do more things that I enjoy. I love the overall lesson of it, which is like, hey, you should really think about your time in a different way mm-hmm. and make sure – like I love all that stuff about it. But the way he presented it, I would be interested to hear him rewrite that book at – you know, the four hour work week at 40 and like, how does he think about it now when, you know, the value in life is, uh, isn't money, it's time and relationships and, and, you know, freedom and that, and those sorts of things, which are very different. So that's, yeah. where, that's what I would say is my least favorite. How about you? I agree. Actually, spot on. I agree. I thought it was the least helpful book that we've read in most of our, you know, in our books, like our call to action books. As we talk about, I think that book was, I took the least away from that book. Mm-hmm. Um, not a terrible book, but it, again, I, I second everything you just said. It just wasn't, yeah, it wasn't helpful enough. Not for us. You know, and it seemed like you had to do all the other steps, which is buy the four, the, the work week plan and, <laughs> do all, and yeah. you know, no knock to the book for anybody who is looking to, you know, I don't know make more make more money and spend less time doing it it's it's a great book for you but that that's that's i think if we'd have read it at 22 our our reaction would have been very different yeah what was your most surprisingly interesting book like the one that you were like hmm i'm shocked at that that one was what it was um I would have to say Will. I haven't read a biography since I don't know when. Um, And uh, I was like, I was floored with how much I enjoyed it. I was like all all over. I I enjoyed that book way more than I expected by a lot. Yeah, I would have to say Will. How about you? I would have to say just because... It really, I wasn't, I guess I was surprised at like how deep it went for me. And that was the power of vulnerability. Um, That book, it just went, it went deeper than I thought. Like I thought it was just going to be like a self-help book. And, and I had no idea that it was a book about shame. Oh, yeah. And to me, you know, like when, like it went deep, it went totally left. It was not about, you know, oh, I just feel great about yourself, this, that. It was really like, you know, the book went deep about, you know, how we shame ourselves and how we let out people outside of of us, you know, dictate how we're supposed to feel about ourselves. And that and, and it just really it had good good exercises and everything. You know what I mean? And how much she talked about the importance of having fun. You know, how important having fun is in life no matter what age you are. That that resonated too. It, it was a really surprisingly good book, for sure. All right. Lastly, 
What was your favorite, your favorite book overall? Huh. Like the one you'll read again. I think probably the one that I think, how about this? The one that I, I sort of like think about the most. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sort of like favorite, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's actually favorite, but the one that I think about most is the Hot Hand. Ooh, um, it's a good one because there's a lot of stories in it that are like different, um, right? He, he, so he tells all these like sort of variations around the theme of the Hot Hand, and there's this this like constant current of you know Seth Curry and the evaluation of the Hot Hand and randomness and all that stuff. And those are all things that I really, really like. And I would say the final thing that I really like about that book that I kind of always go back to is that there's a tension and a push and a pull in that book about randomness, hard work, skill, and luck that all sort of tie together. And because of that, there's a lot to think about there and a lot to sort of take in. And it reminds me how fortunate I've been and how many lucky breaks have just gone my way. And it also reminds me how many decisions that I've made that I made, that I did the work for, that I'm responsible for the results. So something to do both of those things is I find very interesting. So I think about the stories from the hot hand probably the most. So I'd say that Mm. What about you? Yeah. Uh, it has to be Will. Mm. Will, ooh, the Alchemist was good too. But Will, I had to say Will. If I if I'm picking one, the book that I and I would probably read it again, you know, or or I love to see it as a movie, like sure. one or the other. Um, yeah, you know, as much of it is also the connection, you know, Philly, sure, all Philly. that good stuff. Yeah. You know, the landmarks, the just hearing the story. It made me like him way more. Than I, than I already did. And the level of respect that you have yeah. for him, the way up, the honesty that he wrote the book with. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a, it was a book that there were lessons. It was familiar. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just a great read. And I sped right through it. I think I could have finished that book in like a week easily. Yeah. And I don't have a lot of free time. But at one point, I was like six chapters ahead of you, and I had to. Yeah, just stop. I remember. <laughs> you had to slow down. Stop! I had to stop. It was that. It was that good, and yeah, it was just. It was just a really good book. It was entertaining. You know, it was definitely entertaining. For sure. Yeah. All right. So the way uh, the the new book, which is called The Vanishing Half, is laid out, is there are six parts. Um, and we were kind of like last week, we were kind of talking about like, well, how do we figure out which part of this to read and blah, blah, blah. So effectively part one will be next week. Then we'll do part two and so on and so forth. So we're just going to go through, uh, the six parts and just read each part each week. So by next week's show, the goal is to get part one done, uh, and then part two and so on. So I'm looking forward, looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, you got any, any other final reflections uh, you want to take away? Nah, let's keep reading, and I'm excited for this book. This book is it's interesting. Apparently, the the rumors is it'll probably be a movie one day. 
So I think this and Will are probably the only two books that we're reading that has the opportunity to be a movie. I mean, if The Alchemist was going to be a movie, it would have been done already. But, uh, you know, most likely. Uh, yeah. But, but Will in this book, this book's uh, really highly regarded. And, yeah, you know, I think it's loosely based on some true stories, too. Or, or it might be directly based on some true stories. But, yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I, I, I still don't know what it's about. I read the first chapter, and I'm, I'm still, it's still kind of vague on, on what it's totally about. But yeah, we'll it's a, it should be interesting. I mean, it's it's nice to read like a true novel. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. So, uh, touch base next week. Where can people yeah. find us, Vernon? They can. By the way, that's this is our first novel. We should probably mention, right? Or is Alchemist well, no, because the Alchemist is a novel. Yeah, it's a novel. Okay, All right, gotcha. Um, they can catch us at theprocessisblackandwhite.com, and they can search us on any of the social media platforms at the process is, and we'll pop right up. All right, talk to you. All right, man. And that's all the time we have this week. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Process is Black and White. Come join us next week where the journey continues on the road to successful entrepreneurship. For further information, go to www.theprocessisblackandwhite.com. Any views or opinions represented on this podcast do not constitute financial advice or any other advice. Vernon and Devin inspire you to conduct your own due diligence before making any personal financial decisions.